I'm Athena Silver. I'm Anya River. And we are the Rebel Crow. Athena is a professional psychic medium and tarot reader, among other things. Anya is a tarot reader and an astrologer, among other things. We are so excited to invite you to check out our weekly podcast, where we have fun talking about magic, tarot, mythology, astrology, and everything witchy. Find us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms at the Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Um, we put out a podcast episode weekly. Um, you can find more information at rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Hi, I'm Anya River. Tonight we are talking about magical symbols, um, the historical relevance, the magical relevance, getting deep into um, how even how to make your own sigils for magical purposes through your spell work and whatever witchcraft you're practicing. Isn't that exciting? This is a complete episode where you're going to learn all the things. <laughs> so stay right? with us. <laughs> yes, stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to get right into it. So tonight, we're going to start off with what magical symbols are and what they have been throughout history. Um, a magical symbol is any sort of carving, etching, writing, uh, that where you put your intention energetically through thought pattern and with your will to create something, to honor something, to release something. It has many different uses. But typically you find these different magical symbols used within witchcraft in its different various traditions. We're gonna be talking about um, these symbols that go really, really far back in time. Some of them you've even heard of and you may not realize how old they are and what, how and where they really you know, generated and got carried across the globe. So it's really interesting. It's definitely gonna be a little bit more heavy on the history. So bear with me guys, come on. You know, <laughs> you know, we're just trying to educate you. <laughs> well, you are walking Google, so I'm going to be sitting back and learning with everybody else for a while. <laughs> well, you know, I don't mind. I really don't mind. You know, it's fun. <laughs> so anytime you're using a magical symbol, you want to make sure that you take the time to bond with it, to think about and gather the right energies for whatever working you're encoding into the symbol. So we're gonna start off with one of the oldest symbols. Probably in my opinion, might be the actual oldest symbol. It has mm. so many different uh, cultures that you can find it in. And we're talking about the spiral, you know? Oh. <laughs> yep, that's an archetype um, that's a favorite. Yeah, well. For good reason. It is. And it goes back to the primordial part of humanity you can find it in etched in stone in places like Newgrange in Ireland and in different sacred sites all throughout the world it has deep roots in fertility the cycles of life you know birth to death and back again and also the cosmos because a lot of the the people who use the spiral are very like astrology and the movement of the cosmos 
is heavy in their culture and in their religion. So it marks the passage of time, the continuation of the generations. And this is a symbol that they may not have known it in the Stone Age, but yeah. represents our DNA and ourselves as human beings. So it I has a fertility thinking, aspect. I was just thinking that, like the double helix yep. strand. Yep, there you go. And the, str- and the snakes within the caduceus symbol for the medical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, that's where we get the, that medical symbol it all dates it goes all the way back to fertility symbols mm-hmm. and you know the need to continue your family name throughout the generations and continuously to populate the earth so it was very very important to a lot of pagan um, spiritualities and mystery cults uh, all throughout the ancient world um, it's still used nowadays I know I use it in my practices, especially when I am helping with people with fertility issues. So fertility magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an oldie, but a goodie, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, um, it's such a powerful symbol. Even if you didn't think about all of the things that, um, that it represent or that it could represent, it's one of those things like the archetypes, they hit us so deeply because they are passed down through, you know, through the generations. Yeah. So that's one thing that like, like if you've ever noticed, like, I don't know, I I remember being a kid and like just drawing spirals, you know, because there's something so calming and soothing about that. Well, in medieval gardens, a lot of times there were labyrinths and labyrinths have been used all throughout ancient world as well. And it's, again, it's a spiral as a, a mm-hmm. form of meditation to calm, you know, your soul and your spirit from whatever was going on with you at the time. It was mm-hmm. a way for you to organize your thoughts. So it features really straight to the core of us. Yeah. So the next one, I know you guys are going to love it. Be mature. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we are, are talking. talking to me? <laughs> I'm talking to everybody because we're talking about the, uh, I want to say this right, fascinus. It is the penis that you can find <laughs> all over ancient Rome. Um, it was used as a lucky charm. It really? was used to ward off illness, to ward <laughs> off um, ill fortune. Um, it, you can, if you look at pictures of like Pompeii, there are penises carved everywhere, like carved oh into the front of stores, carved into houses. You know, people had penis jewelry and penis wind chimes. I'm not even kidding. Like, Google it. Like, I'm not for real right now. All right. Say the name again. What is the name? Fascinus. F-A-S-C-I-N-U-S. Okay. <laughs> there you um, go, everybody. <laughs> protection and fertility and... Like I said, um, it warded off bad luck. So people make the mistake, though, with (laughs) the fascinus um, and think that, oh, that's just for fertility. And, and, you know, all those Romans were all crazy and, you know, totally into sex. That was not actually the case. They saw the penis as very, like, like protective. And it was very um, wrapped into the male role as the protector. And the connection to, to creating life. So it was kind of like showing the man's version of like the pentacle 
and mm. some of those more like goddess-based symbols. So it kind of counteracts it. Right. Uh, or works with it. Yes, right? definitely. Yeah, balances it like, out, I mean. But more of like a yin-yang thing or, yes. you know, yes. like the divine masculine, which is something that, you know, we talk about the divine feminine all the time, but like we need to remember there's another side to that. You know, that's a cultural kind of thing that we we talk about the divine feminine a lot. And, you know, the divine masculine is just as important. It's it's an equal, you know, co-creator. <laughs> yeah. And at that time in the Roman Empire, there were, especially with Roman spirituality, there were certain deities that were for men, certain deities that were for women, and they were served separately. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there were a lot of goddesses of the home and hearth that were not, that were never, you know, get, given offering to by the men. A lot mm -hmm. of times the men were not allowed to be around for the rituals for those right. deities. So, you know, but it's, I think it's nice that, they, they will be remembered by, you know, lots of, a city full of erections. <laughs> I know oh, what sigil, new things. I know what sigil I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go into one that is very old as well. This actually predates the previous one. We're talking about the evil eye. And Ooh. in the Caribbean, it's known as the Maveojo. It mm -hmm. is, it's typically, it's pictured as an eye. I actually have one on my chain here. I don't know if any of you guys can see it, but um, it is used because jealousy, the look of jealousy, you know, it, it can sting. And it, the, that energy can get sent into your auras and mess up your whole life. You know, you yeah. can get sick. You could start losing, you know, in all your clients. You could start feeling like you're like the world is falling through your fingers. You know, yeah. Uh, and in the ancient times, it was all over the place. The Phoenicians and the Greek traders were really responsible for you know bringing this cultural exchange everywhere that they went, all the port cities. So you'll find it in like each ancient Egyptian art. You'll find it, you know, in different Greek and Roman art and Phoenician art and Middle Eastern art. It went everywhere. So mm -hmm. that's why it is so like widespread. Um, there, there are even a whole set of magic on how to cure the evil eye and how to prevent it, <laughs> how to treat it, you know. It has such like a, a really deep and interesting lineage that from all the different corners and pockets where, you know, it's, it's used. So I think I we should do you, a whole episode on that. I think we should, <laughs> because it's really interesting and it, mm -hmm. it's really like shows how creative people are in how they use that magical symbol. Yeah. They right. Really, they really like add their own spice to it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I think with, I think it shows like how powerful people are, you know, that they're able to take a symbol and use it to change an entire energy, you know, mm -hmm. and ward it off and prevent it. You know, a lot of, a lot of babies had talismans and stuff around where they slept with the evil eye. Um, there are even, uh, 
superstition surrounding it that if you're going to um, kiss a baby or look at a baby that you should touch the baby so that the baby doesn't get like you're adoring it you're complimenting it but it doesn't come off as jealousy it comes off as okay. genuine um, okay. like it's like grounding that energy in a way yeah right making a circuit between the, the giver and the receiver wow so that's very interesting it goes deep <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting and it's got a lot of like energetic um energetic qualities to it so i would say in, in my opinion it is one of the most powerful magical symbols out there because so jealousy what? can be a really hard energy to repel and to keep at bay and to work with once it's infiltrated mm -hmm. it takes like you're literally gonna have to clean out your whole house and clean <laughs> out your whole aura and it, it, it's a lot so it's you know, it's better to be like prepared for, you know, and expecting almost that you're going to encounter some of this energy because it's the evil eye is very freely out there. And especially between people, because jealousy is one of our more primal instincts, you know, mm -hmm. so we got to yeah, keep safe. Right. right. And even the perception, like, is this correct to even the perception of jealousy? So maybe even if it's not there, it's still going to affect you if you have the perception that yeah. someone's throwing that your way. So that's something also, you know, when you're working, because you're working with yourself all the time. So, yeah. yeah. So the next one is an Icelandic magical stave, um, which is a, a magical symbol from the Icelandic Viking tradition. So this is more like medieval time. Mm -hmm. um, it is called the Helm of Awe or the Helm of Terror. It looks like a compass um, with ruins that are bound in there together. It was used as a symbol of like to, to go into battle and to protect the warrior and to bring like superhuman strength and resilience to them. It was carved into a lot of shields. It was imprinted into armor swords on helmets people had them tattooed on them you actually see a lot of people a lot of pagans have ta have this tattoo on them mm -hmm. um, it's it's an important one because it was represented like to induce fear in in your adversary and to protect you and to bring you like the winning side you know to help you win that battle so this is like a double you know energy Yes, because <laughs> it's protective, but it's also offensive. Yes, it's very okay. versatile. Um, what yes. you'll find with a lot of the Icelandic and the different Viking traditions, a lot of their magic is very multifaceted. There's like mm -hmm. a lot of different ways to do the same thing, but you can also do the same thing to get different results. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and I will tell you that any of the ruins and the bind ruins, which are more than one ruin together, those are some of the most potent magical symbols that are out there, you know, like the elder, the elder farthing and stuff like that. Or mm -hmm. farthing. Sorry, I'm not Icelandic. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't kill me, guys. I'm a fan. Um, not like, but it's true. And it's people have to realize that language itself has power and intention in it. When you tell oh, yeah. somebody to go to hell and you mean it, you're cursing them. You're sending them negative energy, you know? So even 
with writing these intentions out, you're giving it your power, your intention, your energy to manifest or anything that you're trying to manifest. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. To your point too, like, um, I work with language with myself all the time, you know? So when you, you can also work with it with yourself. So to manifest better, you know, so like, for instance, one thing that I changed recently, or I work, I work on changing is um, taking out certain words from when I'm talking about myself or, or what I'm going to do. Like, for instance, like the word try, like if somebody asks you, oh, can you do this for me? And I'll be like, I'll try, you know, I actually am trying to take that trying. There you go. (laughs) I'm attempting (laughs) attempting to take that word out altogether. So it's just like, um, you know, because you think about it, it's like, I'll try. Well, that's really you saying it's not going to happen. But you're not saying, but it's not saying it's not going to happen, you know? So instead of doing that, just try to just be more precise, be more precise. I've been doing something similar. Uh, Every time I open my bank account, instead of going, oh, I'm poor, I go, wait, you're you're rich. You have everything you need. You know, Mm -hmm. yes, you may want more of it, but you have it already. And if it's not here, that just means you have come into possession of it. But once it gets here, you got to grab it. It's so important, so important to change the language that you're Definitely. running in your head. So yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. That's good, it's good stuff. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> glad you like it. When it's out, stick to the spiral and your penis shapes. You're good to go, <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> uh, but I really highly suggest that you Google um, the penis wind chimes. They do not disappoint. And yes, they are real. <laughs> Okay, my birthday's coming up, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, you are getting wind chime with penises to ward off all that bad luck from your house. And you better put it on your porch. Front, front porch. <laughs> yeah. front porch. That's where they used to hang them by the front door to trap the uh, evil spirits before people went in the house. That's great. <laughs> Some people had penis doors. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> So what, why don't you teach us sigils? How do you do modern day sigils? I'm curious. So I do work with sigils, like actually work with sigils on a pretty regular basis. Um, what I like about them is like you, you went over it really, really well. You know, these are symbols. They're magical symbols. You know, they're, uh, they're helping us to penetrate layers of the universe with our will you know, and, and being the symbol and the archetype, it goes past the conscious to the subconscious, which is where we are going to work the best. You don't really want to work with the sub with the conscious mind with the ego when you're doing spell work. And when you're doing, you know, manifesting, because the conscious mind is going to bring up all of these things, you know, why you can't have it or why this is silly or why this doesn't work, blah, 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 the blah, Feelings blah, blah. of unworthiness and no. doubt. Yep, yep. So the subconscious mind is the very open space that, you know, it's, it's above, it's above, it's your connection to the, the guides and the spirits and, and everything else and, and the, you know, your connection to source. 
So when you're doing a sigil, you're going to bypass, you know, this is a visual thing that you're just bypassing that conscious mind. So typically what we do when we work with very simple sigils is, and we're going to show like a little diagram, but you take like a word or phrase and keep it in the positive, you know, so I'm going to do my example with the word health, but you could make it, I am healthy or I have health, you know, stay away from the negatives, like saying, you know, or, or, um, you want to stay away from things like I want to be healthy because then that sticks you in the want and not in or the health. even to get rid of unhealthiness because you could yes. wind up attracting more unhealthiness. Yes. Then the word unhealthiness is what shines through. That's what you're going to get, you know, so you, you stay simple. Um, it can be more elaborate than just the word health, you know, but just using that as an example. Right. So we take the letters, we take the H E A L T. Before you get in, can you work mm-hmm. with full affirmations and things like yeah. that? Oh yeah. And then I'm going to explain too, like you can work with a full affirmation um, and you can do the same thing. So we're going to cut out letters to make it easier to draw a picture from the letters. So, but just to use the word health as an illustration, cause it's easy. So you would take the, the letters individually, cross out the vowels. So you left with H T H wait, H L T H (laughs) (laughs) cross off that extra H. So now you have H L T, right. And then you're going to draw a picture with those letters. You're going to form like a symbol with those letters. And so we're going to show you, we're going to show you how to do that. Like what you could come up with. And then you could go and, you know, add a couple of little things just to make it pretty. Yeah. So what, what I recommend um, is, well, there's, there's different ways. There's so many different ways that you can work with the symbol. Once you have the symbol, some people like, I, I like to see it. So I like to put it in places where I can see it, mm-hmm. but some people like to just charge it by burning it or putting it in a river or burying it or something along those lines. And then you I don't t- have that anymore. I typically will use it in candle work. Um, yes, you I'll, can do I'll that too. I'll either carve it into the candle or I'll write it and put it under the candle and burn the candle all the way down on top of it. That one, I'm going to say works works well every single time, you know? Yes, Be- you could do because that Because you're layering all of those energies. So I'll use herbs with it. I'll use oils with it. I'll sit there and set the intention, you know, through meditation, through visualization, through affirmation, you know, there's so much, the more you add to it, the more you're condensing the the power into that symbol, the more you're going to manifest it. Yep. We know when you layer, the more you layer, the better, (laughs) the better you make it casserole. (laughs) (laughs) casserole. That's right. Yeah. Nobody, everybody in my house, they will only eat casserole. So says a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, but there's other ways too, like you can actually, and I do this a lot. I'll, I'll meditate on it because when you achieve that state of, you know, that no mind state, then it's easier sinks into the subconscious. So I do that a lot. And also visualization. So I'll, you know, see myself. So if we're working with health, I'll see myself in a healthy state, you know, like I'll, I'll meditate on, the symbol and see myself in, you know, the mind's eye. 
in a healthy state, happy, healthy, you know, running or something. (laughs) Yeah. I also um, have used different magical symbols while I'm meditating and visualizing the symbol in my mind's eye. Yeah, like yep. one that sometimes I use from time to time is the the Shiantra uh, symbol from Hinduism. It's it's yep. like um it's very geometric and it's like condensing the power into the center of it. And it's just like every time I go into trance and use it, there's a particular teacher that has taught me that technique. And every time I've used it, it's like it opens up. It it just opens me up in energetically in so many different ways and I'm able to go deeper than if I was to go without it so you can use these magical symbols that way as well sometimes I'll visualize the symbol going into my heart chakra nice and then spreading throughout my body and then there's this wonderful um one that I've adapted from the Tibetan um I can't remember the name of it but it's a star uh meditation where you send up the we'll add it after the fact you send up the the sigil into a star and it explodes into the universe. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just explodes everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that you can charge the the sigil or you can just draw it and, you know, tuck it onto your altar or into a space too. You don't have to do anything extra with it, but I find that it's better if you do work with it, you know, yeah. working with the symbol. So there's one other type of sigil that I wanted to mention today, which I also use, and it's good for people who are not interested in, you know, coming up with these little drawings, you know, or maybe you're not as so not so visual. Um, and it's called hypersigiling. And so this is when you are taking yourself and you are writing about yourself as you, as if you were a character in like a book. Um, or a movie (laughs) that's really cool it is really you know and it it's nice because you can explain like so that maybe involves a little more of the conscious mind but you get to sit and explain it and and build something so I like to use that for more longer term things Mm -hmm. you know or more specific things that I want to manifest um you know, it works really well for working through feelings a lot, you know, because yeah. you, can, you can kind of like, you can kind of explain the story or explain what's going on and then write into it, like where you feel your highest response is, you know, and, and the outcomes that you'd like to get from that. Um, so it's nice because you can really kind of think deeply about a situation and work with it you know? And, um, so yeah, so that's, that's a lot of fun. I like that one a lot. That's really cool. I (laughs) never worked with that before. It's something I'm definitely going to try out. Didn't even know what existed. So right on. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. So so. we hope you guys enjoyed this history based, um, fun, magical symbols episode tonight. Um, we put out an episode every Thursday on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms. I'm Athena Silver. I'm a professional psychic medium and a tarot reader and a witch. Um, if anybody would like to have a reading with me, my website is readingswithathenasilver.com. My Instagram is Um, 
My Facebook is Readings with Athena Silver, and my TikTok is at Athena underscore Silver. How do they reach you, Anya? Yeah, so I'm a certified hypnotherapist and a tarot reader, and you can reach me at Anya River, A-N-J-A-R-I-V-E-R, on Facebook and Instagram. That's great. Well, we hope you guys have a wonderful day, and we'll check you back next week for another episode. Bye. Bye.